Hey friends, and welcome to a new episode of the Daily Jenny Podcast with your host, Jenny Angerman. I'm covering all the life lessons and advice I wish I told my younger self. Whether you're just starting out in your career or a working woman looking to start a family, I'm spilling all the tea on things that aren't on the highlight reel of societal norms. So let's sit back, relax, and let's get uncomfortable. Good morning, and you're listening to episode seven of the Daily Journey podcast. And today's episode is all about healing. And weirdly enough, I'm actually excited to talk about this because I think it's very relevant for myself, something that I've recently acknowledged in myself, actually. And um, just in talking with other women who have been experiencing infertility themselves, they've been kind of going through similar things. So I thought, what a perfect topic for this week. So just to dive right in, um, if you've experienced infertility, I'm sure you can agree just very plainly, it's the fucking worst. I know I've talked about this before, but we're just taught at such a young age, like if you have sex once, you will get pregnant. And that's just not accurate for everybody. It's just not the path for everybody when they look to build a family. However, for so many women, um, you know, that's just not the case. The staggering fact is that one in eight couples experience infertility. And even of those couples, only about 30% seek infertility treatment. So just think about that. It's like very crazy when you look at the statistics. But I'm not here to chat numbers today. I actually want to chat about healing through infertility because um, I think it's really important in your mental health, your physical health, and your emotional health. So just going through this is such a weird experience. Um, you sort of go through stages of grief as time goes by. You know, you grieve the future you thought was quickly ahead. Like we thought we'd have to try a couple months and then would get pregnant. That didn't happen. You grieve the plans that you gave up. So like if you were planning to travel or search for a new job or you know, buy like a new house or a new car, like all these things are factors that go into infertility, like especially like for the latter examples, like infertility is expensive. So a lot of couples do put off some of those other purchases because they're going through infertility treatments and they have to pay for them. Um, you also may just grieve the plans you have made because you may have a million doctor's appointments and may have to miss important things in your life. Um, and then like Obviously, you also grieve the negative of each month that can just weigh very heavily. So there's a lot in your life that you may have to put on hold and really just focus on doing all the things possible to get that miracle baby. And just to put it in perspective, my husband and I, Andrew, we just hit three years last month in July 2021. Three whole years. I think when I calculated it the other day, it was like 1,081 days or something, but like regardless, three years is a long time. And I think society puts a giant stigma stamp on women, mostly, in my opinion, um, who need assistance to have a child. But I'm here to tell you, there's nothing wrong with you. I want to break that stigma right now. I've felt it many times. I don't think I've completely overcome it. But I have kind of come to the realization that it's okay, that it may take a doctor, my husband and myself to have a baby. And if that's our story, that's amazing for us. It's just like so many other couples before, and it'll be perfect just the way that it is. And before I really dive into 
kind of how I've gone through this healing and grieving process, I do just want to say, quick disclaimer, I am by no means an expert. I just want to share my experience and some of the things that have helped me along the way. So our last and third failed IUI, which was in, we did it like the end of June um, is when I was in the two-week wait. Um, it really broke me. And I know we're told like you need to maintain expectations, like don't get too excited. It can't work. But I mean, we're all human. It's hard not to get excited. And I really did feel confident because I had surgery for endometriosis. They cleaned everything out. I was doing all the things, taking all my meds. I was even doing some of the superstitious type things. Um, and the doctors really felt good about it in our numbers. But again, after the two-week wait, we saw yet another negative pregnancy test. And honestly, I felt like I was mourning a loss. You know, we hoped and prayed so hard for something that felt like it was very close within reach just to have it slip away. So here's some of the things that I've kind of recognized in myself to help me through this healing process. The first is to take the time that you need to grieve. Those first few days, like I really just wanted to lay in bed. For me, that's kind of like my safe space. Um, so I curled up, watched a lot of TV, I cried, and that's what I needed to do. And there's no right way to heal, but I think it helps so much to actually like feel the emotions. And I needed time to heal my heart because it was weighing so heavily during this time. And I did talk to Andrew about this and it was kind of nice because he even acknowledged that we both react differently to the negative. He acknowledged that he gets that I'm grieving and I'm going to react a little bit differently than he does. So we've kind of understood each other a little bit in recognizing what the other partner needs. And to be honest, like I did feel bad kind of moping around the house because I was just like so sad about the situation. But after having this conversation with him about the grieving process and how I felt and how he felt, I honestly felt so much better, which is a perfect segue into number two. So number two is to have open conversations, you know, as I just mentioned, talking to Andrew is amazing. I actually feel like me and him have become even closer due to infertility because it actually forces us to have really difficult, tough, and awkward conversations. And when I first opened up to Andrew about this back in like August, 2018, I knew like he could sense something that was wrong. Like I did not have a healthy relationship with like digesting my feelings, if you will. Like I would just get silent, kind of shut down. And I feel bad thinking back on it because he thought I, he did something wrong and he didn't. I was just really nervous, scared, ashamed to talk to him about what I was going through and how I was feeling about infertility and that I thought like we should try to get assistance. Um, but talking has helped me heal so much and it really helps normalize the experience especially like with your partner, like if you can't be open with your partner, like who else can you be open with? So I think that has really helped kind of just strengthen our relationship over time, even more than it already has been. But, and then kind of a second part to this is while you obviously don't have to be as open on Instagram or Facebook, like, but, but finding a close friend who may be going through a similar experience is going to be really helpful. I've made a lot of friends through this community and I actually have a few girlfriends at work that have gone through infertility with IVF treatments and stuff. And 
to say they're truly like the best humans ever is an understatement. Like this is such a roller coaster. It's super helpful to have someone who's also along for the ride with you or who has been on that roller coaster before. And kind of both of these, finding people in similar situations and then also your partner, these are really gonna help that healing process when you're able to actually acknowledge your pain, share your feelings to help process it and move forward. I find it's been really helpful. So number three, take a break. We're actually in a break right now um, until we start IVF. We don't want the start date yet for that. And honestly, it's really freeing. I'm not driving to the doctors every day. I'm not stressed about what I'm eating or drinking. I'm not limiting myself when I go to spin class. It's just been very great to just like live without any restrictions. And of course, like some days I feel guilty about it because it's not that I don't want a baby anymore. It's just like, there's a lot that goes into infertility treatments. And this is what's best for my mental health right now. Like taking this break and taking advantage of the time that we have to spend together, spend with our family and our friends before we are like diving headfirst into IVF. And then the other thing that goes along with taking a break is you're allowed to take breaks from baby showers, kids' birthday parties, pregnancy announcements, Again, everyone's different, everyone has their triggers, but once you're able to kind of acknowledge like what triggers you, it'll help you be able to set those boundaries. And I think like people will understand, like if you have a conversation with your friend, let's say they invite you to their one-year-old's birthday party and it's just not a good time for you because your heart just needs to heal a little bit more, just have that conversation. I think they'll be very understanding. I think if we just kind of ghost people and are like, sorry, I can't come. That's where it becomes a little like tough to navigate those relationships. So I think just, you know, even tying back to number two, just having the open communication can be really helpful. Number four is find a hobby. For me, I threw myself into many hobbies. So I focused on working out. I finally launched my advocate merchandise and we had like a redo of my 30th birthday party because my birthday was in December and it was ruined because of COVID. So I was able to like throw myself into these things that had nothing to do with infertility to really just give my mind a break from being so immersed into that community um, and what I was dealing with. So that was really great and a nice way to um, take a step back. And then the last thing that I'll mention is to do things that you love. Do all the things that fill your heart I spent a lot of time at the pool this summer because we've had great weather for the most part, um, reading, hanging out with friends, spending quality time with Andrew and my dogs. If you follow me on Instagram, you notice I haven't been as active. And since I started the Instagram, actually, I have been putting a lot of pressure on myself to post every day and be present and like all these things. And because it is very focused on like infertility, I knew like I needed to take a break. Like I still like was kind of on and off, but I wasn't posting every day. I wasn't like in my DMs every day because I knew I just needed that break. Um, one thing that's tough in the infertility community is people overcome their infertility in the aspect that they do become pregnant, like with their first child, second child, but also caveat is they like infertility like isn't, necessarily curable like you can still have a child and have infertility so sorry that was a little messy but I did want to caveat that so 
I wanted to take that break because it does kind of hurt. And I don't think that it's something that's talked about as much. Like I know that people do talk about how you're like with friends or family who are not in the infertility community, you are happy for them, but sad for you. But that also happens in the infertility community. Like when you have these warriors who are going through the same things that you do, but then they get a positive, you get a negative, that does sting a bit. I mean, that's just the truth. Those are the feelings. You can't help it. But um, so I think, you know, taking a break is, is healthy and just focusing on um, doing things that bring you joy in your life, whatever that may be. So those were the five things that I had to share with you today. Um, there's definitely a lot more, but I wanted to keep it pretty short and succinct for this week's episode. Um, there's no magic sauce, but really doing all these things slowly helped me feel whole again. And it's kind of like interesting. I think I got it down to a science where it's just about like four to five weeks where I go from completely devastated from the negative to back to my normal self, which when I was talking to Andrew about it, I don't know if this is like comical or sad that I recognize this in myself because it just sucks. And I don't think people should have to go through this. And now, but now that I have realized what heals me, these will certainly be my go-to. And again, it was only this last IUI that I actually realized that I know how to kind of heal myself. I've connected with myself so much through this, and it's really allowed me to heal myself in a way that I'm not giving up hope. Like it's kind of like pulling yourself out of a a tunnel, if you will, like, you know, that there's like a light at the end of the tunnel is kind of a good way to think about it that way. But, you know, I'm going to continue working on myself so I can be the strongest mama in the game when that time does eventually come for us. And if you are living with infertility, my heart really does go out to you and your significant other. And I will always be with you. Just know that you are never alone. There's such a broad community out there for you, even if you want to just like follow people who do share openly, you know, hit us up in the DMs. We love it. I think it's so unfair that any couple has to go through this and just know that I'm always here to chat if you need it. But until next time, have a great day, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Daily Journey podcast. If you have a topic or a question you'd like me to discuss, feel free to email me at thedailyjourneypodcast at gmail.com or you can hit me up on the gram at the Daily Journey Podcast. You can listen to me on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and I would love it if you gave a rating, left a review, or subscribed. Until next time.